Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, September 29th, 2017. Our weekly guest on the show is Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly senior writer, who joins me today from his office in Manhattan. Welcome back, Andrew. Greetings, Chris. Well, this week, uh, Andrew, it marks the American Library Association's Banned Books Week, highlighting the value of free and open access to information with events and editorials around the country to call attention to censorship. So tell us a bit about what kind of activities are, in fact, doing that throughout Banned Books Week. Yeah, so I always think this is one of the most notable events of the year for the library community uh, because it's a week that really, in fact, brings together the entire literary community. Now, we've talked on this show in the past about there's you know, occasional disagreements between librarians and publishers uh, and even booksellers on occasion. But the one thing we always come together on is this bedrock principle of the freedom to publish, uh, free speech, and the need for a diverse body of literature that challenges us all to think and to grow. And on that score, there have been a host of organizations participating in this year's Banned Books Week, including the Association of American Publishers, the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, uh, the Dramatist Legal Defense Fund, the National Coalition Against Censorship, and PEN America, just to name a few. And these events have included everything from bookstore readings to signings uh, and Facebook get-togethers and other kinds of social media events, all dedicated to banned books and the freedom to publish. Um, and as you can see from the selection of groups that I just read off, Ban Books Week really does bring together the entire publishing community, librarians, booksellers, publishers, even dramatists, journalists, and teachers get in on the mix. And uh, it's really in support of uh, the freedom to seek and express ideas, even when those ideas may be uh, unpopular. Well, indeed. And while we are marking Ban Books Week this week, um, the focus on freedom of information, access to information, and against censorship is one that the ALA takes up throughout the year. And in April, for National Library Week, the ALA Office for Intellectual Freedom releases a list of the top 10 most challenged books in the nation's schools and libraries. And you've reviewed the most recent data on these book challenges, Andrew. So what is being challenged on bookshelves and, and by whom? Yeah, that's right. So that list comes out in April from ALA, and it's what we actually base this week on. That list gets a lot of play uh, during Banned Books Week this week. So, you know, generally speaking, each year the ALA's Office of Intellectual Freedom puts together a list of challenged books, both as reported in the media and as submitted by librarians and teachers across the country. Now, a distinction here, a challenge to a book is considered any attempt to remove or to restrict access to a book based upon objections of a person or maybe a group. Uh, and challenges don't simply involve a person expressing a point of view. Uh, rather, those are actual attempts to have uh, a book or some other material removed from a curriculum or from a library shelf. And as such, the ALA sees them and marks them as a threat to freedom of speech and uh, free freedom of expression. A banning, now that's a little different, that's the actual removal of those materials. Uh, and yes, we call it Banned Books Week and not Challenge Books Week, but I think you can, for obvious reasons, right? Banned Books Week is 
just better marketing than Challenge Books Week. But you know, the recent list of top 10 books that was that came out in April, it pertains mostly to data, in fact, entirely to data from 2016 challenges. Uh, and what the data shows this year is that banned books usually involve what ALA's Office of Inf- Intellectual Freedom director, Jamie LaRue, calls diverse populations. And in 2015, for example, nine out of the top 10 challenge books were about diverse populations, mostly uh, the LGBT community. And that trend continued into 2016, which is the list we're on now. And I won't read the whole list of the top 10 uh, books challenged this year, but they include This One Summer by Mariko Tamaki, and that's because it includes uh, LGBTQ characters. Uh, Drama by Raina Talgemeier, challenged because it includes LGBTQ characters. George by Alex Gino, challenged because it includes a transgender child. I Am Jazz by Jessica Herthel and Jazz Jennings, because it portrays a transgender child. And Two Boys Kissing by David Levithan, challenged because it has an image of two boys kissing. And also, it involves other LGBTQ content. So those are the top five challenge books on the most recent banned book list. And you can definitely see a theme there emerging, no? Well, indeed, you can. Pretty tough to miss it. All those books, as you say, uh, concern human sexuality, a topic that frequently touches a nerve when it comes to public school curriculum, particularly. And while the topics have changed over time to include same-sex relationships and now transgender characters, uh, the challenges are hardly new. So the question, as you look at the data, is are they on the rise? And what other trends do you see emerging? Sure. So the number of challenges uh, to books and the number of book bannings over the years is on the rise. I think as much as between 17 and 20 percent from 2015 to 2016. And over the years, over the decades that ALA has been tracking this stuff, they've certainly risen significantly. Now, a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that it's simply easier to communicate a challenge in the digital age as much as the social changes we may be undergoing in regards to our culture and our books. Uh, In 2016, the ALA tracked a total of 323 challenges, but ALA officials stress that that really only represents a very small percentage of challenges because only a small number of challenges are actually reported. So the number is surely much, much higher. In fact, maybe even in the tens of thousands, ALA officials note. Um, And as we noted, transgender and LGBTQ issues were a major factor in this year's challenges, and they usually are. Uh, Usually the challenges involve children's books or books for kids in schools, and they often come from parents of school-aged children. And that kind of makes sense because... It's hard to tell an adult what they can and cannot read. And, you know, I dare you to try to tell a librarian or a bookstore not to buy or stock certain titles for adults because... You know, good luck with that. Um, Another noticeable trend here is the number of graphic novels on the list is going up. In fact, three of the top 10 titles this year are graphic novels. And that really reflects sort of the growing popularity of the format and also the the new content that these books are dealing with. Uh, And I think what's most concerning is that uh, Jamie LaRue told PW over the summer that in the past, only about 10% of books that were challenged would actually go ahead and be banned. That is pulled from a library shelf or taken out of a curriculum, but that number's going up. And in 2016, half, five of the top 10 books were actually pulled. They were actually banned and not just challenged. And one other trend LaRue told PW is that 
more and more books are now being challenged in high school English curricula, which he kind of sees as this, you know, overall change in parenting in recent years. You know, he says, he told PW that we've, in his opinion, we've moved from helicopter parenting, which is when people kind of hover over their kids, to Velcro parenting. And he knows that we now have kids who are 16, 17 years old and will soon be able to enter the military, get married, or vote. And yet we still have parents that are trying to protect them from sexually explicit books. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, September 29th, 2017. And Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly has more analysis on American Library Association data examining censorship for banned books week. Uh, Andrew, the Attorney General of the U.S., recently warned that there was a free speech issue on college campuses. Is any of that borne out in the banned books data? No, it's really not. And really, actually, it would be too soon to tell um, if a a recent threat to free speech uh, on college campuses was being reflected here. Um, We'll certainly keep an eye out for it. But I doubt very much there's going to be an issue with banned books here. And I I kind of disagree with Mr. Sessions and and his uh, contention that there's a free speech issue on college campuses. Certainly things have gotten more complicated. We are seeing more protests, but you know, that too is free expression, I'd argue. Uh, And I certainly don't advocate violent protests to shut down speakers on college campuses, but at at the same time, you know, it's hard to defend things like tiki torch marches at the University of Virginia in support of white supremacy, because how else would we expect people to respond to that kind of thing? You know, there's this great book I'd recommend by John Palfrey. It's called Safe Spaces, Brave Spaces, and it was published just recently by MIT Press, and it takes on these issues, and it's about diversity and free expression in education, and I would highly recommend it to anybody who wants to know more about these issues. Uh, And I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to say on the subject of censorship and freedom to publish, because they're going to be pretty popular discussion topics at this year's Frankfurt Book Fair, which amazingly, I can't believe is just two weeks away. But I'll close this by noting another trend that sort of abuts this, and that's that, you know, LaRue told PW this summer that the ALA has, for the first time, started logging complaints about authors based on their conduct. And that author was Bill Cosby, whose books many people were asked to be pulled from schools and from libraries because of the author's uh, alleged sexual misconduct. Uh, And in Arkansas, here's another troubling-ass thing, um, a state legislator actually proposed a bill to ban the late Howard Zinn's books, including the classic A People's History of the United States, from all Arkansas public schools because of Zinn's liberal views. Um, that trend to be seems to be, and this is LaRue saying, it, the, the, the trend seems to be that if you don't like a person, their politics, or their conduct, then you can ban their books. That's troubling. I agree that's troubling. But I don't think it's nearly as troubling as having a lawmaker proposing a law to ban a book. I think we can agree that that's probably about as un-American as it gets. Well, indeed, freedom of expression is the American way, Andrew. And on Beyond the Book, we get the chance to exercise our First Amendment rights with you every Friday. Thanks for joining me today. My pleasure, as always. Coming next on Beyond the Book, for information consumers and creators, a proliferation of digital tools enables them to work harder and smarter than ever before. As roles and responsibilities shift for researchers and publishers, too, some of the hardest work is responding to accelerating change. One of our biggest challenges, apart from being able to find the answers, is being able to get access to the right information in a cost-effective manner so that we can address all these different types of information that our users need. 
Changing Rules and Roles for Publishers and Researchers, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries Rights Direct and Ixis drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. Special thanks this week to Rob Simon. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. 